if you would, to Job chapter 11. Job uh, chapter 11. <clears throat> you know, uh, anger is an interesting thing. Uh, uh, anger can cause people to do extraordinary things. I read a story recently about a, uh, <clears throat> many years ago uh, during a Knicks Bullets uh, playoff game, one of the bullets came up, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, from behind the, the great Walt Frazier and uh, punched him in the face. Strangely, the referee called a foul on Frazier. Frazier did not complain. <clears throat> he expressed, uh, uh, <clears throat> his expression never changed. He simply called for the ball and put the next seven straight shots and won the game. Anger can do, cause us to do extraordinary things. It can also cause us to do extraordinarily stupid things. Benjamin Franklin uh, once said, whatever is begun in anger ends in shame. And uh, <clears throat> again, I read a story recently about, as I was doing this studying on, on anger, I came across this, this, this story. I thought it was very appropriate for tonight. It's, uh, as a passenger boarded a flight from Los Angeles to New York, he got on board uh, the plane and he told the flight attendant to please, when they get to Dallas, please make sure I get up. You wake me up so I can get off the plane. The passenger awoke just as they landed in New York. Furious, he went to the flight attendant and started voicing his displeasure and the fact that, you know, you were supposed to wake me up and blah, 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 blah. And, and, and the, the flight attendant just stood there and said, I, I, I'm really sorry. And he stormed off the plane and, it, you know, another flight attendant came up and said, man, was he mad. And the first flight attendant said, yeah, you think he's mad? You should see the guy I kicked off in Dallas. <laughs> so anyway, I just. <laughs> Anger is an interesting thing. The next person we're going to be talking about here in our journey through the book of Job is the youngest of the three friends. His name is Zophar. Zophar, uh, uh, if I had to describe him with a single word, I would describe him as angry. <clears throat> the confusing thing to me about Zophar is what did he have to be angry about? You know, here, here he is. What we're going to see in a minute uh, some some of the things he says are absolutely horrible but what what does he what does he have to be angry about have you ever met somebody who's just angry you know and that's kind of that's kind of i don't know but that's kind of how i picture this guy so far just an angry person and and it comes out in his in his communication with joe but you know he's not the one sitting on the ash pile scraping his source uh, he's not the one who had lost his family. He's not the one who had lost all his wealth. In fact, Zophar, as far as we could tell, uh, Zophar and the other two 
quote-unquote friends were very wealthy men. What was he angry about? If anything, Zophar had witnessed the the first two friends attack Job. Now, I don't know if you're like me. I I I tend to I tend to be more on the compassionate side. That's that's just my nature. And after seeing the first two friends attack Job. You would think, at least me, I would think that Zophar would have said, okay, wait a minute, I think we're coming at this the wrong way. I think we need to be a little bit more kind about this. But if anything, he, he, he ratchets it, he ratchets, anyway, he makes it worse. It just That word just wasn't coming out. The title of my message tonight, and it, and it should be a short message because of snack and everything afterward, <clears throat> I, I purposely did not develop a long message, but the division of anger. You know, anger causes division. Uh, What what is it? The the sweet tongue turneth away wrath? No, the sweet answer turneth away wrath. Or soft answer turneth away wrath. And and, and what what is your tendency, what, what is your tendency when somebody confronts you in anger right out of the gate? Yeah, I mean, you know, the, boy, the, the walls go up. Man, you know, hey, you're going to get, I can dish it out. I mean, isn't that how we are? You know, somebody somebody, somebody gets angry at us, and boy, we're, we're just going to, we're, we're, we're going to dish it back. And, and I, I, you know, <clears throat> I got a bigger shovel than you. That's usually my response. But this guy, Zophar, makes a critical mistake. And, and, and he, he, gets, he gets in Job's face right out of the gate. Now, I want to help you here. <clears throat> because whether you like it or not, you are a counselor. You are a friend. And the last thing you want to do is to alienate anybody. Zophar immediately alienate, well, the other two did too, but Zophar does it in in an even greater way. He alienates his friend Job. But before we get into that, I want to read you a couple verses to kind of help you understand how and what a counselor should be. Again, because we are all counselors in one degree or another. If you're a parent, you're a counselor. If you're a spouse, you're a counselor. If you're a friend to someone, you're a counselor. If you're a boss at work, if you if you have coworkers, we all are counselors in, in different ways. So I, I want to help you here, okay? Because this is really, really critical. Romans chapter 12, verse 15 is absolutely critical. Rejoice with them that do rejoice and weep with them that weep. What is this verse literally saying? 
Just be there. Listen. If you know if they're happy, be happy. If they're sad, do your best to 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 try and understand what they're going through. Listen to them. Have compassion. Unfortunately, and I, I, I believe it's our part of it is our culture. Our culture today doesn't leave a lot of room for compassion, does it? It's all about numbers and 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 production and 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 so on and so forth. Uh, <clears throat> Brandon was sharing with us Wednesday night that somebody that he works with um, didn't perform the way that they thought that they should have, and they just gone fired. Was it right? I I don't know, but to me it's really sad that they didn't try at least it you know from what i know they didn't try to help them improve see what does a friend do a friend loveth at all times weeps when you weep laughs when you laugh and cries when you cry first corinthians chapter 2 verses 26 and 27 and whether one member suffer all the members suffer with it or <clears throat> One member be honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now ye are the body of Christ, and the members in particular. So what is that? What is this saying? This is in the context of a church. When when one of our body is hurting, we should all be hurting. That's how it works. If 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 one of the members is 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 according to this, being honored, then, then we should all rejoice with that. Zophar <clears throat> levels three accusations. I told you to turn to Job and I didn't. There we go. <clears throat> Zophar levels three accusations uh, at Job. And we're going to look at these three accusations. The first one that he... <clears throat> that he levels at Job is that you are guilty. You, you're guilty. Look at verses 1 through 4. Chapter <clears throat> 10, verses 1 through 4. Or, excuse me, chapter 11. Then answered Zophar, uh, the Namanite, and said, Should not the multitude of the words, words be answered? And should a man full of ta- talk be justified? Should thy uh, lies make men hold their peace? And when thou mockest, uh, shall no man uh, make ashamed? For thou hast said, My doctrine is pure, and I am clean in thine eyes. Right out of the gate, Zophar calls Job a, a windbag and a liar. Now, I don't know about you, but that is not the best way to console someone who's going through a difficult time. Just saying. In fact, if anything, it's a little harsh. But Zophar goes, what we would call today, he goes for the jugular. He's he's going after Job. And he is trying to make sure that Job... I don't know if he's trying to get Job's attention or, or what, but Zophar makes a critical error 
in his attempt to bring comfort and peace to his friend. I came across a an old Chinese proverb. I don't I don't quote a lot of Chinese proverbs, but I really like this one. <clears throat> Though conversing face to face, their hearts have a thousand miles between them. Think about that. Here they were talking face to face, but there was a thousand miles between their hearts. And I'm sure that you have encountered people like that in your own life. <clears throat> Excuse me, we all have. And here this guy Zophar is <clears throat> driving the wedge even deeper between them. We have a family member, I won't tell you who it is, but you'll never meet him, it doesn't really matter, but uh, we have a family member that <clears throat> we have to be careful whatever we say. Y'all have family members like that? Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't think they're Portuguese, but... Uh, <clears throat> But but they they'll take they'll take what you say, and then and then twist it. In other words, they listen to your words, but they don't listen to what you're saying. And they they take your words and they twist them. And so whenever we're around this individual, we have to be so very careful what we say. And part of the problem that is going on here between Job and his three friends is Job is replying to each of his friends. But they're not they're 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 hearing the words, but they're not listening to his the cry of his heart. They're talking face to face, but their hearts are a thousand miles away. And we have to be so careful when we are in the <clears throat> for lack of better terms, the counselor mode in our lives, we need to listen to the heart of the person we're we're talking to. Sidney J. Harris reminds us that information is given out. Communication is uh, getting through. We need to learn how to communicate. Listening is just, you know, I, I've used this illustration many times when, with my kids growing up. You know, <laughs> there were times I would say, don't you listen to me? And, they, you know, the response, huh? You know, there's a big difference between hearing and listening. And if we are going to be effective counselors, if we are going to be effective in the lives of people around us, we have to learn how to communicate and listen to the heart. These three friends of Job's, obviously, they, they had made up their minds prior to, before Job even opened his mouth, they had predetermined what the problem was, and they were bound and determined to tell Job all that he was doing wrong. In verse 3, the accusation is made by Zophar that, oh, you, 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 you claim that you're perfect. You claim that you're sinless. And that's not true. Job never claimed that he was sinless. <clears throat> Job, in fact, in fact, the other, just the opposite is true. In Job, chapter six, verse thirty, it says, "And there, uh, uh, and uh, is there iniquity in my tongue? 
And what's the understood answer to that question? Yes. Cannot uh, I taste, uh, 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 cannot my taste discern perverse things? See, Job, Job admitted that there was, that he was not perfect. But Job did claim that he was righteous. Job chapter 27, verse 6, My righteousness I hold fast and will not let it go. My heart shall not reproach me so long as I live. Now, I need to ask you a question. Did I just contradict myself? Okay, there is a difference between righteousness and sinlessness. Oftentimes we get the two mixed up and we think that they're, that they're synonymous, but they're actually very different. God even says that Job is righteous. Job chapter 1, verse 1, uh, there was a man in the land of us whose name was Job. And the man was perfect and upright and one that feared God and eschewed evil. The word perfect here, does it literally mean sinless? No, it, it literally means righteous. So what then is the difference between sinless and righteous? Anybody? Okay, righteous, righteousness <clears throat> is literally means to be obedient to the will of God in your life. What does it mean to be sinless? That's pretty obvious. Yeah, never sin. So can can we, can Job, uh, can we be sinless? No. But can we be righteous? Absolutely. And Job never claimed to be sinless, but he did claim, and, and we read, not only did he claim to be righteous, but he said, and I hold fast to that righteousness. You say, but pastor, <clears throat> the, the implication would be that we then need to be righteous too, right? And you say, but that's impossible. No, it's not. If Job could do it, we could do it. All we need be is obedient to, to the will of God in our lives. So number one, his accusation was you're guilty. The second one is that you're ignorant. Look at verse 5. <clears throat> but oh, the God would speak and open his lips against thee, and that he would uh, show thee the secret of wisdom, that they are double to that which is. Know therefore that God uh, <clears throat> exacteth the um, of thee less than thine iniquity deserve canst thou by searching find out God canst thou find out the almighty unto perfection is uh, it is a higher excuse me it is as high as heaven and canst thou do deeper than hell what canst thou know the measure thereof is longer than the earth and the border the, uh, than, than the sea. He is essentially asking Job, 
do you understand and know about God? And in, and in essence, what he's saying is you're ignorant to the things of God. He says it is, it, it, uh, it is as high as the heaven, uh, deeper than hell. Uh, the measure of it is longer than the earth and, the, and broader than the sea. And <clears throat> the implication, see, and this is important. Please get this. The implication here is, the accusation is, Job, you're ignorant of these things, but I'm not. I get it. And if you want to know these things, I'll teach it to you, I guess is what he's trying to communicate. But the implication that Zophar is, is making here is, <clears throat> Job, you're an idiot, you're ignorant of the things of God, but I'm not, so you need to listen to me. Number one, don't ever do that. I don't care how long you've been saved. I don't know. I don't care how much of this book you've memorized, you've studied. Never put yourself on a high horse like that. Because you will never, if you are going to stay right with God, you will always be growing. Okay? But this guy must thought that he had arrived. What an incredible demonstration of pride. And as I was, as I was studying this, I, th I thought, okay, well, that's the source of the anger, is pride. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 18, pride goeth be before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. If this isn't a haughty spirit, I don't know what is. Obadiah, Chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. The pride of, of thine heart hath deceived thee. Thou that uh, dwellest in the clefts, clefts of the rock, whose habitation is high, and saith in his heart, Who shall bring me down to the ground? Well, that's a dangerous place to be. Though thou exalt thyself as an eagle, and though thou set thy nest among the stars, thence will I bring thee down, saith the Lord. And as we will see, as, the, as we progress through the book, Zophar and his two friends, God puts them in their place. He, he, not, he takes them down a, a few notches, if you would. In verse 6, he uses an interesting word here. He uses the word double. When Zophar says this, at least my understanding, what he means here is uh, <clears throat> it could be worse than it is, Joe. Be thankful. My understanding is when he uses the word double here, what he's saying to Job is be thankful is not worse. It could be, it, hey, I know God. I know the power of God. And if he wanted to, he could make it even worse. Well, to be perfectly honest, I don't know how you could get any worse. I, I just, just saying, okay, uh, <laughs> you know, boy, it'd be, it'd be really hard. But anyway, that's, that's what he's. I, I believe that's what he's saying. But in reality, I want to take a minute and I want to use that word double for a minute and not necessarily take it out of context, but get us to think outside the box a little bit. 
You know, there's always two sides to every story. We see the little side. God sees the big side. Just this week, Melanie and I received some very upsetting news about someone that is is very close to us. Well, kind of close to us. And as we were reading this information about this individual, it, it just it broke our hearts. We were we were both pretty upset. But after after we were done reading this this information, we we literally both looked at each other almost simultaneously, said to each other, "Well, that's just one side of the story." And so often we make a in our in our attempts to help people we make the critical error of not trying to find out what both sides of the story are. We listen to one side and it sounds credible. And then we just say, well, that's got to be true. And I, I tend to like the old saying, uh, let, let, me, let me see if I can get it, cause I, I got to read it because I'll, I'll mess it up. There are two sides to every story and the truth usually lies somewhere in the middle. We need to be very, very careful. And one of the one of the major mistakes that Job, Job's three friends, Zophar and the other two, one of the, the, the biggest mistakes that they made was they didn't look at both sides of the story. They saw the suffering. They saw what Job was going through, and they assumed they knew what the problem was. And Zophar makes some very, very harsh allegations. Number one, he he says that you're guilty. Number two, he says you're ignorant. And then number three, and we'll be done. Job, you're stubborn. How many of you have ever been called stubborn? (laughs) Most of us have, because we are all, in some ways, we are all stubborn. <clears throat> no comment. Look at verse 13. If thou prepare thine heart and stretch out thine hand toward him, if, the, if iniquity be in thine hand, put it far away, and let not wickedness dwell in thy tabernacle. Skip down to verse 20. But the eye of the wicked shall fail, and they shall not escape, and their hope shall be as uh, the giving up of the ghost. Zophar tells Job, in a sense, if you will only listen to me, take my advice, and repent, God will give it all back to you. Well, the problem is, Job had done nothing wrong. And for Job to acknowledge that he had done wrong, he would have been playing right into the hands of Satan, would he not? See, Zophar was playing into the hands of Satan because he was trying to get Job to admit that he'd done something wrong when he hadn't done anything wrong. 
<clears throat> I remember when I was a kid, <clears throat> someone in the house got out my mom's scissors and left them right in the middle of the living room floor. And I remember my, my two siblings and I being marched into the living room. All three of us standing there, and I was the little one, okay, my, my older brother and sister. And <clears throat> who, took, who, who took my scissors out of the drawer? And all of us went, I don't know. And I remember... And this is, this is, this is, those of you that have parents, don't, don't ever do this to your kids, okay? We were told to go to the bedroom and not to come out until one of us confessed. Okay, don't ever do that. Because the older two siblings talked me into confessing. <laughs> so I got a weapon. I don't, I still don't understand it. I still don't get it. Why I? Why did I tell you that? I I don't know. I had to get it off my chest, I guess. You know, I'm still bitter about it. Yeah, it has something to do with Zophar. Anyway, poof, it's gone. All right. Anyway, now I want to I want to let let's look at Job chapter one verse nine. It says then Satan answered the Lord and said. Does Job fear God for not? What what does that mean? I mean, we we read this verse, and and we did we read it when we were in in Job chapter one, but we really didn't expound on it. What what does that mean? Does 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 Job fear God for not? What what does that mean? Okay, is that is that what it means? Let, let me put it to you this way. One of the commentators that I was reading <clears throat> talked about commercial faith. And I had never heard that term before. So I had, I had to do some reading to kind of figure out what he was talking about. But the way he defined commercial faith uh, and this is and this is what the, the commentator is saying is Zophar had commercial faith. And then he went on to explain what he meant by commercial faith. Okay, he and let, let me read it to you so I don't get it wrong. He says the promise of prosperity in return for obedience. So in other words. What he was, what Zophar was telling Job was, hey, if you will confess and get right with God, you can have everything back. That's commercial faith. What do we call it today? The prosperity gospel is what we call it. Oh, all you got to do is send me some money. You know what? I, I, I did not read the article. Okay, I did not read the article. Um. Who's that televangelist? Joan? Jim? Uh, no, no, not Joel Osteen. Uh, the one who went to jail? Baker. 
Baker, apparently Baker is trying to sell something that will keep you from getting this, this coronavirus. So if you send me some money, and I, again, I, all I, just, I just saw the, the, the headline. That's, that's all I saw. <clears throat> and I just laughed, and I, I thought, well, okay, whatever. So apparently, what it, from the headline, what it sounded like, he's selling something so it'll protect you from the coronavirus. So if any of you want to buy two of them, give me one, okay? <laughs> see, see, well, <laughs> that's not faith. I'm, I'm sorry, that's not faith. That is the prosperity gospel. That is, that is the commercial faith. That is, hey, as long as I give to the church, as long as I do this, as long as I'm obedient, as long as I, I, I check the boxes in my life, then God has to bless me. I'm here to tell you that's not true. That's not how faith works. Now, is it true that God will bless us when we are obedient? Absolutely. But Zophar here has this commercial faith, and I, I had never heard that, and I, I really kind of liked it, actually, because to me it's a little bit better descriptive than prosperity gospel. The biggest problem with commercial faith is that we get to define to God how he is going to bless us. Okay? I'm going to do this, so God, you have to do this. You know, and I'll tell you what, I am, I am no theologian by any stretch of the imagination, but I do know that nowhere in the Bible is that true. It is my job to be obedient to God, not his job to be obedient to me. Job had problems, but his faith was strong. In, in Job chapter 13, verse 15, it says, Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Can you imagine all that Job had gone through and him being able to make those, that statement? But I will maintain mine own way before him. C.H. Spurden said, Job did not understand the Lord's reasons, but he continued to confide in his goodness. Spurgeon also said, faith watches to see what God will do. Think about that. Faith watches to see what God will do. Zophar and his two friends were not men of faith. We so often draw wrong conclusions when we do not allow the opportunity to see both sides of the story, if you would. Zophar makes some really harsh accusations because he was unwilling to listen 
He was unwilling to hear Job's concerns. He draws some wrong conclusions. And because of those wrong conclusions, he gives Job bad advice. Again, each of us is a counselor in one way or another. As a pastor, I do a good bit of counseling. But I always try and listen as much as possible. People around us are hurting. They need people who are willing to listen. They need people that are willing to listen and not condemn. And so often, what do we do? We see what we see, we draw our conclusions, and we make bad, we make bad choices. Was Zophar a bad guy? We don't know. I, I believe he was an angry man. But was he a bad guy? I, I don't know. But I do know that he allowed himself to make bad choices because he allowed himself to see things that weren't there. And if we are going to be Christians who are going to make a difference in our community, in our families, it's only going to be because we listen with our hearts. We don't jump to conclusions so that we can give good advice. Let's pray. Dear Lord, <clears throat> thank you for your love.